Hello, and welcome to Discussions with Dusty, an inspiring people podcast. Discussions with Dusty is a podcast designed to share the stories of inspiring people to encourage you to reach your full, God-given potential. You will hear testimonies of overcoming cancer, finding faith, building a business, becoming a leader, living as a missionary, rising through the ranks of the legal system, and so many more. It is my hope and prayer that you can relate to just one of these stories and use that as inspiration to thrive. So let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to Discussions with Dusty, an inspiring people podcast. I'm your host, Dusty, and today I have the absolute honor of interviewing Pastor Mike Duma. Pastor Mike is the lead pastor of 539, a new church plant in the Goodyear Heights area of Akron, Ohio. He is an evangelist at heart and loves to tell others about Jesus. I have had the privilege of knowing him for about 10 years now, and seeing him grow, challenge, and encourage others has truly been inspiring. So with that, Mike, welcome, and thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks, Dustin. I mean, uh, you and I were just talking, it's pretty crazy that we've known each other for about 10 years now. I know. Uh, and also, pretty inspiring, you've started a podcast. Thanks, man. Yeah, sell been... coffee, sell houses, I mean, a few other things you do, podcasts, whatever. Yeah, it's you been just... really cool so far, a cool experience, definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, before we jump into what you're up to today, tell us a little about you and your family. Yeah, so just a little bit about myself. Um, as you describing, I'm a church planter, a pastor of a brand new church. I uh, have a wife. Her name is Hope. Uh, we've been married almost seven years this coming June, and uh, we have two kids, a daughter named Kinsley. She's going to be three very soon here in about a month, and then my son, Ezra, he's eight months old. That's um, awesome. And so he's a blast. We have uh, those two running around the house. That's um, awesome. That's yeah. really cool. I can't believe you and Hope have been married for seven years. That doesn't seem possible. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. It goes super quick. We can't believe it either. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, I know I've heard, uh, you know, talking to several people, you know, as I've been working with you in the church plant and seeing it all happen, uh, that, you know, if I would have known you in high school, uh, that I would, they would have never guessed that you would be leading a church today, let alone planting one. So you can tell us a little bit about your past and what you wanted to do growing up before realizing you wanted to be a pastor? Yeah. I mean, I was probably not the most likely candidate in school to like maybe succeed or be a pastor. Um, I didn't come to know the Lord uh, until a little bit later on in life until I was 18. And I'll share about that a little bit later. But um, yeah, did not have any ambitions to be a pastor. It wasn't on my radar. Uh, Didn't really have a heart for church or for others at the time. Um, I shared this past Sunday in a sermon. uh, I had like goals in life and uh, those goals were like consisted of money, um, women and alcohol. And that was like the extent. Uh, And so um, personally, that was nothing on my radar. Um, Teaching was not something on my radar. I remember I had to like give a speech in fourth grade uh, in front of the class and I was just terrified scared to death i'm kidding um that i you know speaking in front of people that just terrified me so i never even could think of that but um an actual funny story my fifth grade teacher uh, at the time was mrs amen uh and she you know would give names or you know hey 
for, for different students in the class. And the whole year, she made everyone call me Pastor Duma. Really? Yes. Why was that? I have no idea. Oh, my goodness. And so I was like, it was a joke. Okay. Oh, this is Pastor Mike or whatever. That's pretty crazy. And I was like, that's the furthest thing on my radar. So then uh, hindsight, we've we've connected. That's really cool. And it's been a good joke that she kind of, you know, saw that or whatever. Yes. I knew (laughs) all the way back then. Wow. (laughs) Yes. That's really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty incredible to see how God can do like a complete work in someone and change their whole mindset um, and use them for for his kingdom um, and how he has other plans for our lives. So Mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about how you first accepted Christ and how that changed your life? Yeah. So I grew up uh, in a very godly home. Uh, My parents took us to church every Sunday. We were part of Alana's and uh, had that influence there. Uh, when we were growing up, my dad owns his own business, so we were working very much in the company and in the business. We were very involved in that. My ambitions were to potentially take it over one day or okay. to be involved in it to some extent, at yeah. least when I was in my teenage years. That was kind of what I had my hopes and dreams set on. Um, and while I was in the midst of that, I was super involved in sports at Mogador, where I went to high school, I'm very involved. I love sports. It was like everything at the time, just like an average high school okay, kid or yeah. whatever. And uh, through my senior year, there was a, an injury I had my uh, on, fo- on football. It was homecoming night, senior year, kind of like the whole thing. And I was like, you know, you know very involved. It was like a big deal. Yeah. Uh, I got injured in like the third quarter wow. of the night, broke my wrist and had to go to the hospital and it was like, couldn't play the next few games and basketball was coming up. And I just remember like, you know, as a 17, 18 year old kid, yeah. life was over. No kidding. Yeah. And at the time I was so like upset at God, even though I had no desire for God, I was, didn't have a relationship with him. I okay. was just mad at him. And through that, um, I was still going to church um, at Maranatha Bible Church, you know, kind of dragging myself there because I knew it was right. And, you know, parents wanted me there. And so I'd go. And through that and just knowing what was right in my mind, um, couldn't sleep at night. And I just had this, you know, unsettling ease of I had no assurance in my eternity or in my salvation. Um, I just remember always laying there in bed at night and having no peace Okay. with God wow. um, just because of things I was doing. Um, you know, so this God used this sports injury really to bring me to him. And I got hurt late October. And then it was in January, uh, in 2012 okay. when I first, you know, I remember literally watching this testimony on TV and, um, I was so worked up emotionally and I was unsettled. I finally was like, Hey, you know what? I like went over to my Bible and I don't encourage people to do this, but like I did the like, <laughs> God, if you're real, you know, and That's pointed hilarious. at a random verse. Yeah. And the random verse was Matthew 16, 24, okay. which says, if anyone's willing to come after me, he must deny himself, pick wow. up his cross and follow me. Oh my goodness. So I was like, that's when I truly believe I surrendered my life to okay. Christ um, when I was 18. So, um, yeah, plans had changed drastically um, after that point. Yeah, uh, but that's kind of the story how I came, came okay. to know the Lord. Yeah, that's pretty incredible how you know he can use a, a sports injury to kind of 
bring you to your lowest so that you realize your need for him. So that's really cool. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. That's awesome. So, you know, after high school, did you go straight into Bible college or did you, you know, take a break? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I left, uh, left high school, went to Bible college in upstate New York at Word of Life Bible Institute. I was there a year. The plan was to still stay in the family business. I had no real desire for ministry at the time, at least vocationally. Uh, So I came home the next year worked for my dad and that entire year was just like the most depressed i mean i felt this no purpose it was like everything that used to be enjoyable for me was stripped just in the sense of hey i feel god is calling me to be at least a pastor at that time yeah and so the whole year i was so unsettled um last minute decision i mean it was like the typical, I had packed my suitcase, I had unpacked it, I'm going, I'm not going. Wow. Like it was like, it yeah. was pretty dramatic. Okay. Uh, but either way, I skipped a year, I went back uh, to school. Uh, at this point, I was pretty convinced, Sam, hey, I think I'm going into pastoral ministry. And that was the year I met my wife. Okay. Uh, second year Word of Life. So. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's pro- I didn't I have this on your uh, template when I sent you, but you want to tell the, the story real quick about how you met your wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Uh, she'll love this as well. Um, so went back, and crazy story, she got saved the that, I think, July. Okay. Last minute decision. Called her mom, hey, I need to go to Word of Life by once a two. Wow. And we, so we had met in October, but I was on the basketball team, and there was guys on the basketball team talking about hey, there's this girl named Hope, have you guys met her, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think I'm going to ask her on a date or whatever. And so I had heard her name like four or five times mm-hmm. from different guys. And they were like asking me, hey, what do you think we should do? Should I take her on a date or whatever? And I was like, I don't I don't even know this girl. So I saw her working because at Word of Life, you have these work assignments that she was working in the kitchen and the food line. And my buddy said, hey, there's Hope um, over there. And so I... I walked over and I just tapped her on the shoulder. I said, hey, are you Hope? And she turned around. She's like, yeah. That's hilarious. And I said, I don't know why I was this like, you know, bold or whatever. So I said, I said, um, hey, all these buddies, buddies of mine are asking about dating you or taking you on a date. What do you want me to tell them? And she just kind of looks at me really weird. And she's like, I don't know. You should probably just tell them to get in line. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I was like, what? And I looked at her and I was like, you got it. And I walked away and I still remember it was like October 14th, 2014. Uh, I told my buddy that night, Zach, I said, I'll never talk to that girl ever again. (laughs) I said, what arrogance, you know, what pride, all this stuff. Now, if she was here, she'd want to say, hey, my, you know, word of life is very like everyone's trying to get married. Everyone's trying to date everyone. So guys were very aggressive. So her friend like said, hey, next time a guy tries to hit on you or whatever, you should tell him to get in line. So oh she was being goodness. funny. Yeah. That's not her personality at all. That's hilarious. But at the time, it was like, I mean, I couldn't believe what I heard. So the as the story goes, you know, a couple weeks later, I'm like talking to her and then we started, you know, hanging out more. And then so I was I went back to these guys on the basketball team and I said, hey, I wouldn't talk to this girl. <laughs> She's arrogant. Wow. She thinks highly of herself, blah, 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 blah. Well, then three months later, we're dating. That is hilarious. So the guys literally thought I played them against her so that I could swoop in and date her. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Which was not at all true. I like went back. I'm like, never speak to her again. (laughs) But then like I saw her, I was like, 
hey what's up that's pretty funny wow that's so, a great story yeah yeah <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so you finished out the rest of, you know, the Bible school and then kind of what transpired after that? You went straight to Maranatha Bible Church to intern after that or what did that process look like? Yeah, after I left um, Word of Life, I came back. Um, I actually worked at Mission View Okay. Uh, over with Steve Marshall and Canton. Awesome. I was an intern, I think, for a summer there. And after that, I had uh, ended up back at Maranatha. Um, I think I had served with them for a time, and then I came on as an intern with Adam Reilly, and I was there for probably eight months as an intern, and then came on staff. Uh, I think it was July 2016. Gotcha. So Hope and I got married on the tw- on, in June, uh, went on a missions trip, or we got married and then went on a mission trip like two weeks. After oh, wow. That's kind of a cool one. Together with the kids. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. Maybe not. Not with a bunch of kids. Not with middle school. Okay. Yeah. But either way. Um, so yeah, then I, I left briefly after that, and then I finished with Moody and Liberty, my schooling and things like that. Okay. Gotcha. And then did you work anywhere else uh, before Maranatha? Or is that kind of, I know that was your home church growing up, um, but is that kind of where you've served most of your ministry? Yeah, I would say Maranatha. I was there for, I mean, grew up there and then I served there. It would end up being like six and a half years or something. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you, that's kind that's where I met you was at Maranatha through the student ministry. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how your kind of, you know, pastoral career kind of transition from student ministry to what you were doing before you left Maranatha to do the church plan? Yeah. Well, I always make the joke, don't, don't have a ton of experience. I was joking with the church. Like recently I was like, Hey, I've been in pastoral ministry probably nine years, super experienced. So don't worry (laughs) about anything like, uh, still very much inexperienced, but with the experience at Maranatha was, I did middle school uh, for about a year and a half, two years, okay. and then uh, I did the high school for about the same amount of time. And while I was doing the high school, then started our college, not started, well, continued the college ministry okay. uh, there. And then it was like the year before COVID and then in between, so it's all kind of like blurry, but I believe at that time it was like, did men's ministry for a season uh, after Craig and then uh, did, you know, college ministry, and I was getting to preach a little bit more uh, in their family life service. And so um, awesome. I was getting to do a lot of different things that yeah. kind of allowed, um, at least Butch did, to kind of grow and see where you fit and what works. And I, like, became the outreach pastor the same year that I was, like, getting ready to tell Butch that I was thinking God was calling us to plan. So, okay. And that's kind of like, that's a great segue because that's my next question is like, when did you start to feel that, that call that you needed to plant a church and specifically why in, you know, the east side of Akron? Yeah. So, um, the first time I was like, huh, church planting, I actually, this was like an ex ex girlfriend. Um, so hope knows this story. Uh, this was after I came to know Christ, we were dating and I was talking to her about maybe being a pastor one day and she said, eh, I don't think that's you. And I like looked at her, I'm like, what do you mean? You know, I was probably getting offended or something. Yeah. She was like, you'll probably plant a church one day. And I was 21 at the time, 20. And I was like, you think? She was like, for sure. Interesting. And that was the first time I was like, it entered my mind. Okay. Then I went back to school, uh, my second year of Word of Life, and they had like church planting cl- a class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hyperventilating I was like sweating in the class I was like wait what like they're talking about how more people come to know Christ um, just starting afresh 
Um, I had always at least leaned in the, hey, I like a fresh start. I like a clean slate, okay. um, whether it was a Bible study or an area of ministry or something that had like no framework. You get to come in and start it. I leaned yeah. that way. So when I went to Maranatha, that was in the back of my mind, but not for a while. Okay. Probably in 2019, Hope and I started to like talk about it man, what would that look like? Where would we go? What would we do? Whatever. And then we're kind of the typical case of like, you know, COVID hit and we had time and we're like thinking a lot and we're like, man, is this really where God wants us right now? So we had thought about it and this is a way longer story than anyone wants to hear for the (laughs) podcast, but the story, there's so many things that happen when we started to say, okay, God, we feel called to plant. Would you bring affirmation? Because we didn't want to make a quick decision. Yeah. We were just very like, hey, let's wait on the Lord. And then, I mean, it was everything from, you know, you probably know Gary McDowell, one of the missionaries from Maranatha. He like read my mail one day and like came up and said something to me where I was like, who told you, Gary? Wow. <laughs> and it, I mean, it was very, it felt very divine. Okay. Uh, things like that. And I mean, there was one moment Hope and I were kind of the pivotal point we looked at. We were in our living room, we're praying and like, we just feel so burdened. I remember like we both were pretty emotional cause like we felt like maybe God was calling us to leave. Leaving is kind of scary at times. Yeah. And my friend randomly, randomly texted me and said, Hey, just wondering when you're going to finally talk to Butch and pull the trigger. Wow. And I was like, I mean, we looked at each other and I was like, we need to talk to That's him That's the confirmation. Yeah, yeah. We need to do it tomorrow. Wow. So um, it was a lot of that type of stuff and just other things. I have a list written down. There was like 50 things that happened. Wow. It was that's, like, okay, God did this, God did this. So that's really cool. Um, heard a sermon. Uh, it was January 1st, 2021 in the auditorium at Maranatha. And God just really pressed on my heart. John 19 or John 21, 19. When you're younger, you used to walk yourself, go where you wanted to go. Now that you're older, you'll go where I tell you to go. Yeah. So that next day, Monday, I like walked into Butch's office, which he's not a scary guy. Um, he's not, but he, you think he is. Yeah. Like if you don't know him, yeah. you're like scared. Like he's an intimidating Yeah. Guy. If you just see him, you know, I've been at Maranatha for many, many, many years. Yes. If, he's li- if he listens to this, he'll like <laughs> probably try and scare me now because I said That's he's not hilarious. scary. But anyway, he's not, but he just has this like grandfather, dad type figure. Where Definitely. You're like, That's a great descriptor. Yes. Yeah. You respect him. So either yep. way. I like come in and I like start to share. And honestly, this is true. So I'm, again, I'm kind of dramatic. <laughs> I was like going in to quit. Wow. I like told Hope, hey, there's no way. They're going to tell me to go. They're not going to support us. It's middle COVID. We don't even know where the church is, who's here, where we're going. I mean, people, we still, everyone's in a mask still, I think. It was right. like very weird church wise. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he'll tell us to pack our bags. Wow. Um, Cause I had heard some other comments of how long they were thinking just in passing. And I was like, this is not on their radar at all. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I like going, I'm crying. We got to leave the fire us, <laughs> oh you know, and, and Butch is just sitting there. And then he does look at me and he says, Michael, if it is of God, you won't be able to stop it. So, you know, and he quotes the verse our church's name is wow. after. And he says, if this is of God, we would be foolish to not support this and get behind this. That's pretty incredible. So why don't we see if this is of God? Okay. That was in January. Mm-hmm. So then when he said that, I was like, 
Hope we're launching in February. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was like, I totally shifted. I'm like, yeah. we have his backing. We're so, you know. Oh my so goodness. then it was like assessments, boot camp. Uh, we had uh, that was a lot. So that actually like ended up happening in May. So to answer the next question, why did we pick Goodyear Heights? Yeah. Um, at this time, we were praying about her, where her family's from in Florida. Mm-hmm. We were praying about Columbus. We had talked about moving. We were very much up in the air. We were like, hey, wherever God wants us. So at the time, I was leading the college ministry, and we were seeing a lot of students come to know Christ. They were in the Kent, Ellet, Goodyear Heights area, Talmadge. Um, I grew up in Mogador. It's kind of connected. It's a couple miles outside of there. So we started seeing that, and church planting is truly you're starting a church because of people coming to know Christ. You need a service. Yeah. It's not just the the shuffle and, hey, we gathered a crowd, so we'll make it kind of thing. At least in our minds, it was like, hey, where are people coming to know Christ? So we were baptizing them, and we were like, hey, where are you guys from? And this and that. And it was like out this way. And so um, did the research. Or, yeah, did after, after we had felt like God, we had come out here driving around, praying, yeah. that type of stuff. After we did the research, it was like, oh, there's a lot of churches that are planting here because there's such a need wow. that less than 5% of people in East Akron attend church. Wow. They're either de-churched or unchurched, that they don't have a strong gospel light. Okay. Um, so there's other churches that have planted here as well for okay. that reason. So once we found it out, it was like we felt God leading us. And then the you know data kind of confirmed, hey, this is a good decision. Yeah. So, um, this was all happening in the summertime, past the assessment. It was in August of 2021. Um, still remember, it was August 10th, okay. Tuesday night. The elders were like, you know, they had a meeting. We talked about it. Had to lay out my proposal. Here's what I'd like to do. Yeah. Um, and they voted in agreement. Hey, we'll send out you as a church planter. Um, and just for sake of story, it was August 12th that I got a call from a random guy I'd never met before. who was a friend of Steve Brick. And he called me and said, hey, we are in Goodyear Heights. We're a church. Um, We're actually looking for a senior pastor. Um, We have, you know, about 30, 40 folks. Would you be interested? Okay. And honestly, left a voicemail, and I wasn't going to call him back. Wow. And I was like, I'm not going to call this this guy back. I don't know who this guy is. Uh, And I was just thinking, hey, I should. So I called him back. Hey, I don't want to be your senior pastor. Blah, blah, blah. We're planting a church. And he's like, well, where are you planting? And I said... East Akron, Goodyear Heights. And I didn't even think it would be a thing. And Mm -hmm. in the same conversation, he said, well, what if we just gave you our building? Wow. And I was like, well, where are you? Yeah. (laughs) And I looked at the radius. We had a map, Hope and I, we had a radius, you know, here, there. It's a three by four mile radius in the area. And this building was one block north of that radius that we were praying over oh jeez! <laughs> and i was like looks like we have a new radius <laughs> um, got a little bigger yes it was but honestly in the heart of like where we were praying and looking and i never didn't even know this building existed yeah didn't even know wow. um so that's a short version believe mm-hmm. it or not of building church planting maranatha yeah and leaving Okay, so that led you up to the point of, okay, now we potentially have a building. So 
it was really cool to be a part of because you know I you know got sent out from Maranatha to come to the church plant yep. with you, and uh, it was really cool to see your process of it wasn't just like okay now we have the building let's start services next week it was you know some planning and prep that went into that yep. so can you talk a little bit about what that was about yeah so that was actually probably one of the hardest decisions because um, that was not the popular decision yeah uh, so I had. A church planting coach and I had a few mentors through the process okay. and I was leaning on their advice because they've done this you know a hundred times or whatever yeah and I was leaning on their advice and you know when they gave us the building and I said hey we're, we're gonna shut down services and they were like well for how long and I was like 10 months wow <laughs> and they were like what and very yes yeah, so very they were confused here the team coming, I think a lot of them were confused. I thought we were planting. I thought, you know, I'm more of a, hey, let's, what are we waiting on? Let's go get it. Why am I now pulling back mm-hmm. kind of stuff where we, you know, there was a, that was the toughest season, you know, leading up to the launch. Okay. Um, but we shut it down because um, it had nothing to do with a building for us. To us, it had to do with building a church family yeah. and also having the training. Hey, we're starting something new. Mm-hmm. Um, people need trained in sharing their faith. The church isn't just a Sunday morning service. Yeah. If we start with that, then that's what we'll be. Yeah. The community has no idea who we are. We haven't done any outreach. Mm-hmm. Not no one's, you know, The list kind of went on for me. It made sense in my mind. Yeah. And the building, um, there was already a perception from the community of the building and the work that was being done or whatever. So we wanted to, hey, shut it down, yeah. take all the signs off. And, uh, and by the grace of God, we were able to renovate the building. We gutted the entire thing. You yeah. were part of a lot of that. Um, and to renovate the building. So for some folks, they might have seen it as, oh, we're just waiting for the building to be done. Mm-hmm. Well, it was done in June. You know, gotcha. and we still didn't launch until September. Yeah. But um, that process was, you know, a lot of unknown. Hey, what's going to happen? Um, is this the right decision? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Because uh, when you think it is yeah. and you're about 70% sure, sometimes you have to tell someone, hey, I'm pretty sure this is going to work out. <laughs> um, and there was a lot of people that were buying in, at least from the previous church and folks from Maranatha and folks that we had just acquired that were yeah. interested. Um, so through that process, it was that was probably the most difficult decision was to okay. not start right up just because it was like, well, the building's done. Right. You know? Okay. So. Gotcha. And that was like kind of answered my next question was, was there ever a time you thought like, man, I'm in over my head or like, what am I doing? <laughs> It's funny that you phrase it in over my head because literally, I mean, I've told our staff this, like I, I feel that way on a regular basis and I'll say, God, I feel very much in over my head that I don't know what to do. Like to me, you know, at least in my own mind, it's like, I feel this is overwhelming. Okay. Um, you know, or, Hey, I don't feel ready for this. And even leading up to the launch, it was like, it's kind of settling in. And so, yeah. I have felt that on a normal basis. Okay. And so even I'll joke with Hope, I'm like, you know, um, <laughs> I, I hope that, you know, for me, past, I just don't often feel like a pastor or I don't feel like, man, this is, a, this is who I was going to be forever. It was just sometimes I'm like, man, I just feel like three things are certain that, hey, 
the only reason God's blessing us is because those around us, um, the people who have wanted to support us and the church before us, Maranatha, our team, yeah. we know it's not because of us. <laughs> Hope and I, we're very confident. And that's not like a, well, you know, it, sometimes it can be a false humility for us. We're genuinely like, all right, God, what do you want us to do? Yeah. Um, so I felt that very regularly. Okay. Uh, but I would say last spring was very tough. The building was like just all consuming. We're still trying to push like some outreach events in the community and trying to help the team understand we, where we were. We just had a, our second kid. Yeah. So there was a lot going on, but that was probably, a, that was a tough season. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what kind of helped you get through that? I know you mentioned you had great coaches and mentors. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of who you leaned on? And Yeah, I would say, obviously, you know, Pastor Butch was huge yeah. because when I would hit a brick wall and mm-hmm. I would need to talk to him, um, it was not a brick wall to him. Yeah. Um, uh, so I had him, I have a coach, I had one that really walked me through everything. And there was another, uh, one who was just like a second voice and they were all saying the same type of things of, you know, kind of trusting the Lord, working a process and, um, not seeing, you know, results Mm -hmm. when you want to see them. And when you're not meeting on Sunday morning, you don't know, who's with you, who's not with you. Right. Um, you don't know if something's working, if it's not working and, and all of that. So I definitely, the, those, and my wife is like the ultimate supporter. Not in like a, uh, you're the best ever. <laughs> she's um, she's very much like, hey, she's here with you. That's really like, cool. She's, she's you know, yeah. very much in it and she... Um, has multiple times I mean I wrote the date down one time where we were in the car and I was complaining about something or this was super tough and she looked at me and she said I don't think I've ever shared this before so this okay. is, <laughs> I guess um, I don't think she'll care she she looked at me and she said hey <clears throat> um, you, you are the leader and it's time to act like it wow and I was like you know, I like that. Oh I'm my like, goodness. <laughs> and that's not her personality either. Yeah. But she knows when to like support, but also like the tough love. Hey, yeah. Suck it up. Yeah. You know, and I was like, You're 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 totally right. I need to so she without without hope, I would say none of this happens. Okay. At least even some of the tougher times I was kind of working through with the assessment and all this. She yeah. has um been the, the true rock. That's super you know. cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You guys make a great team. It's been really cool to see see you both yeah. just throughout this whole process. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So did any part of that have to do with the fact that, you know, you're only 30, right? 29. 29. Okay. So not even 30 yet. Don't okay. remind me. I'm scared to death to turn 30. No, it's not scared that bad. To Trust me. <laughs> I'm terrified. I hate birthdays. Oh, my goodness. It's so... I'm like... You know, am I where I should be? Either way. Yeah. Don't no, like we, we all like to do that comparison. Like, but yes. I'm this age. This person was doing uh, this at this age. Yeah. That's terrible. But that's yeah, terrible. We all come from different backgrounds, so we can't, can't yeah. dwell on that. But so is the, did that, has your young age ever been, did you think it was going to be a hindrance to, you know, shepherding a community of family of believers? Yeah. I would say, you know, we're still young as a church. Yeah. So the church has just now had 16 weeks. So we're still super fresh. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I thought about it um, and I would kind of cling to the verse, you know, where Paul tells Timothy, let no one look down on your youthfulness yeah. and um, but to be an example. And, you know, I think being young is relative. 
a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and so I've never felt the need to apologize okay. for being young. Um, I kind of will make jokes when I'm preaching sometimes, yeah. uh, just because it's like, Hey, it's in the room. And yeah. so some of the older folks, they get a kick out of it <laughs> and they'll like, nah, and, you yeah. know, kind of that. Yeah, we, we know. So I would never feel the need to apologize for it, but I will say it does drive me to like always be a learner and to have mentors in yeah. front of me that are like, Hey, you're, and they'll look, Hey, you're young yeah. and you know, and, but you'll remind me even with decision-making, Hey, there's things that you just can't see. And you think this decision is just about this or about this. And it's not about any of that. Right. It's over here. Okay. And Hey, you, you're in a rush. Yeah. And he's like, and this is what you need to do. So having the mentors in front of me have, has really helped. So for me, I just use my ages like, Hey, we're young and dumb. <laughs> uh, we kind of, I kind of use the the verse in Acts uh, four uh, thirteen, where it says they're uneducated and untrained men, but they've been with Jesus. Yeah. Speaking of Peter and John, that's really um, cool. I kind of like, hey, uh, God can use young people, uh, and so I, I will say, as a hindrance, it does at times. Like if I'm going into a counseling situation or with an older couple, or in a scenario where, hey, I don't know. I've never experienced anything like this. Yeah. I'll try to do some homework okay, and reach out to other pastors. Say, I, I'm going into this. What what have you told people before? And if I don't know, mm-hmm. I will just tell someone. That's great. I'll just say, hey, honestly, um, I've there's been three scenarios since the church has started where I've actually sent them to someone else okay, or said, hey, do you care if I bring one of my pastor or friends, which mm-hmm. is either Butch or Bruce, and hey, do you care if we kind of pull them in? Because yeah. this is either getting into some you know, legal stuff, legal advice or whatever. Um, and I don't want to tread where I shouldn't tread. So I try to just hang on to that. Um, at this point, I try not to think about it too much. Yeah. And that's really cool that you can recognize that like, Hey, you know, I'm not an expert in this yet, or I haven't dealt with this. Let me bring in somebody that has. Yeah. There's a lot of safety in that. And I will say the, the older folks in our church that has probably surprised me the most is the age like range that we have. Yeah. They have been super supportive. I mean, the previous church mm-hmm. has been very much behind us and with us. Yeah. And the folks from Maranatha that are a little bit older who bring some age, they've been very encouraging. They've come on to it like, hey, we're here to be with you and to That's help That's really you. cool. Not to like, you know, be Judge discour- you and yes. critique you. Yeah, yeah, be discouraging. And when, you know, the critique needs to come, I think a lot of them have built the you know, relational capacity to come alongside. So that's awesome. Um, I try not to think about that too much. I try cool. not to think about age too much or, you know, pastoring at a young age. Yeah. No, it's all, it's all good. I think a lot of us forget that even, you know, when, you know, when Jesus was walking the earth you know, he was around the age we are now when he was doing his ministry. So, right. and a lot of his disciples were probably around that same age. Right. So that's really cool. Yeah. To, you know, I kind of just thought of that. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, tell us a little bit about what the church has looked like since its launch in September. Yeah. So people ask me that often, and it's hard to, I think, put a pulse on it. Yeah. Because launch is such a, I would say, a high. It's like a very amazing, beautiful thing. At mm-hmm. least it was for us. Yeah. And, um, we were, we had everyone there. We were only missing one person on that Sunday. Do you know who that was? Oh, jeez. Yeah, that was me. I was in Guatemala. <laughs> yes, I'm totally giving you a hard time. I know, I know. Uh, but it was such a beautiful thing that when we launched, 
you know, it was, we were building to this and we had saw so many people give their lives to Christ. Yeah. It was incredible. Um, now afterwards we're starting to settle into a rhythm. So, uh, it's hard to know like, Hey, what are the big things that mm-hmm. have happened within the church or, and really at this point there hasn't been anything super negative. There's been stuff yeah. and working through things, but for the most part, it's been all really, really good. Um, big things like, I just shared this past Sunday. We're now like financially independent. That's pretty incredible. Meaning uh, we have no outside support as a church plant. It's all in-house. And so that's a huge, huge praise of if it is of God kind of thing. It's like we didn't plan for that or anticipate that. We had a two or three year plan, Um, but God's been good. And so it's looked like... um, just the normal flow of ministry, you know, whether it is dealing with some uh, folks who need some help or dealing with uh, even as a, as the staff has kind of grown and morphed into, hey, what's for us, what's right in the community, making yeah. sure that, hey, what are some outreaches we're doing to, to be a light there? And just as the church has started to mesh into family feel, yeah, um, those, are th- those are things that we're kind of looking at. And um, I think... This is just, I'll just, it is what it is. I, I, I mean, heart through and through, I'm a, I'm a preacher. I mean, I really mm-hmm. enjoy to preach. And yep. so when we were not having services, I got into the rhythm and it was hard to like, hey, I'm not even going to think about it. Or I'm just going to totally like, you know, shut my mind off in that realm, which was hard. Yeah. And now getting into the rhythm of preaching has been very enjoyable. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy, I mean, that's one of the, one of the best things. That's that you awesome. get to do as a pastor is to explain God's word yeah. and share the gospel and see God do stuff with um, young and dumb yeah. <laughs> thirty year olds. That's awesome. <laughs> and so that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah. So you know, in the community, have you uh, seen you know any cool impacts and like just the neighborhood surrounding immediately uh, the church since yeah. since you've launched or since pre-launch actually because <clears throat> we've been in and out of the building since yeah. So pre-launch, best story to date was a girl who was like at home Googling churches near me. And we had not been meeting yet. We had small groups. And uh, she found 539, signed up for a group, and gave her life to Christ and got baptized before we launched. That's pretty incredible. And she's down the road. (laughs) Yeah. So that's still best to date. Okay. Um, Other one, there's a, a family down the road year and a half ago started talking with them they have a daughter around the same age as we do and um the husband gave his life to christ and he got baptized week two of the church lives seven houses down the road wow um and you know even this past week for christmas eve we had uh there was a family that i've invited to church probably i mean too many too many times Mm -hmm. they're probably avoiding me at this point (laughs) but i was like praying for them and i like "Eh, should i stop praying for them yeah and christmas eve uh she comes walking in with her son oh and i was like what are you doing here and she was like it's christmas eve so wow very and they live three houses down so our church sits in a community just surrounded by homes if you're not careful you'll pass the church because you think i did it many times at the beginning (laughs) and the cool thing now like that we've started meeting is the faces and the people that I talk to who walk here mm-hmm. when there's no snow on the sidewalk. Um, <laughs> I would estimate, I've tried to like, you know, keep track. It's somewhere in the 30 range of folks who are walking to church wow. or who could walk. 
um, because they live in neighborhood yeah. of Goodyear Heights. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, that's the true definition of a community church. It's, and, yeah. Yes, it's incredible. So to us, that is just such an encouraging thing to see that they're coming. Some of them, there's a, a guy who walks here every Sunday, and now he's brought his parents, his aunt, and then his other family member uh, that they sit in the second row every first wow. hour that he's been bringing them yeah. um, and he walks here. And so that's been a true, like encouraging thing. And there was a, we do this like event every Christmas or the past two we have where we give out Christmas cookies. Yeah. And there was a lady who showed up for launch Sunday and, uh, I had introduced myself. I said, Hey, how'd you hear about us? She said, well, nine months ago, wow. you guys brought cookies to my house. And I oh said, which goodness. house are you? And she told me, and I was like, oh, my word. So those things have just been the Lord really, yeah. you know, um, him working and mm-hmm. some of the things. So being, I'm looking forward to over the years, yeah. hopefully, Lord It'll willing. There'll just be more and more stories like that. That would, that would grow. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool, mm-hmm. man. Well, I mean, it's been super cool to, you know, just witness the whole thing from behind the scenes pre-launch to the launch and just seeing how the church is growing and start off with one service on a Sunday and now you're doing two services because we're running out of seats. So it's just really cool to yeah. just see, you know, how God has just put his hand on it. And, you know, it's been, been awesome to be a part of. So, you know, as my listeners know, I like to wrap up all my interviews by asking my guests, like, what is one piece of advice or inspiration that you could give someone pertaining to your area of expertise. And so since you're an evangelist at heart, you know, I guess my question for you is, what would you say to someone that wants to share their faith, but is a little hesitant or scared or doesn't really know what to say? Yeah, I would not say I'm an expert. Evangelism. <laughs> uh, I would, I don't think I'm an expert in anything at this point in life, but to answer the question, um, I think most people, when it comes to, and obviously, and Dustin, it's been great to have you on the team and a privilege to have you kind of walk through this journey with us. And you remember all the evangelism training, yeah. core team stuff we did, and still on Sunday mornings, I still try to do a hefty amount of that. Yep. Um, I think most people don't want to share their faith or don't think they can, and they're scared to, or it's not for them, or it's only for professionals and things of that nature. Um, If I had one piece of advice um, for someone who wants to or would like to start, it says in Colossians 4.3 that he says, pray for an open door for the word. And we use these family cards where we encourage folks to list, pray, invest, invite, share, lead. uh, But the number one thing is if you start to pray... Um, for an open door every day yeah. and you write someone's name down or you write a few names down and say, God, would you open a door today? I do believe it is just like God to do that. Wow. Um, he's been very faithful, pretty consistently yeah. with me. I usually say it's the prayer request he's never said no to um, <laughs> where he'll give you an opportunity. And yeah. I just encourage folks, hey, you're going to mess up. You're going to say something wrong. You're going to be scared to death. Um, and God's still going to use it anyway, yeah. Because that's how it works. Yep. And so, just praying that it'll give you eyes. Okay. I think uh, we're about to do a series in March called "What Does It Take." It's going to give you tears. It's going to give you a passion. It's okay. going to give you a burden. Yeah. For folks that you know, you maybe have never felt anything for. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That's a long answer to a short question. No, that, that, I mean, that's a great answer to a short question. <laughs> yeah. I just, and, and lastly of this, because it is something I'm passionate about, obviously. Yeah. Um, for those who don't think it's for them, 
or that like, hey, it's just for professionals. Um, God has a very unique way of using people who don't feel qualified, don't feel they know enough Bible verses, don't feel they have taken apologetics course, they don't have the training to use uneducated, untrained people who have just been with Jesus and they want to share that with others. And I can't tell you how many times of stories, hey, I've got it wrong, I screwed it up, and then the person gives their life to Christ. Okay. Because that's just how it works. Yeah. You know, I made the joke, this happened recently at the church where uh, invited someone to church and they didn't like it. They were like, nah, it's not my thing. Okay. They're like, I have the music and this and this and this. and I was like, yeah, sorry, you felt that way. And they said, well, what time is it next week? <laughs> <laughs> what time is it Yeah, I was like, so your company is like, yeah, for sure. I'll oh, be. my goodness. And so that's, I was like, that's, that's just, super cool. yeah, that's God. That's just, yeah. hey, that's what he does. It's what he does. Yeah. So um, just trusting that, hey, it's not in ourselves. It's in God. And it's a very, very beautiful thing when you get to lead someone to Christ yeah. and see that. Um, I think all it takes is one, is one person for you to reach. And then you're like... I think the great commission that God gave us, I think I can do that. Wow. So, yeah, that's pretty powerful. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Hey, I cannot thank you enough for, you know, taking the time to sit down with me today, actually in the church, which is super yeah. cool. I usually do this online or in my kitchen. So well, thanks for coming uh, in. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome to be here. And, you know, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and I've also enjoyed seeing you, you know, and the entire team and family here at 539, uh, making this church plant possible and just, uh, been, you know, in my mind a success so far, just because of what God has allowed to happen. Um, um, just to impact the community and to continue to impact the community and just share the love of Jesus. So you're an inspiration and I cannot wait uh, for people to hear the story. So okay. thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you, Dustin. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. That concludes another episode of Discussions with Dusty. I sincerely hope you enjoyed today's interview. I would love to hear your feedback. Find me on Instagram at dustyivy 91 and send me a DM with your main takeaway or any follow-up questions you might have. If you would be so kind, please leave me a review on whatever platform you are using to stream this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. Until next time, dream big, pray bigger, and keep inspiring. Mm-hmm.